1: Welcome back into the portal i'm amber ray
0: and i'm andrew mckay
1: and we're back continuing our classics on the film friday halloween horror fest extravaganza
0: (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't sure how far you were going to take it with that like what you're going to give the title of this uh yeah definitely a a classics themed Mm -hmm. like series of movies we've been looking at here yeah and this one we kind of just like i don't we didn't really plan plan on doing this one it just kind of happened
1: and mostly thanks to Chris Rustick over oh, yeah. at Obscure Anomalies. Absolutely. He wrote this amazing article and we've posted it to Strange Times. So make sure you go check it out at straightupstrange.com. And it's all these oh just awesome classic Halloween movies that aren't scary, right. so anyone can watch them. They're family films, yeah. so if you have a significant other or some minors in your household, like these are all really fun films that you can all get in the mood for for the Halloween spirit.
0: Not everybody loves the uh, the classic horror movies, right? Not like, everyone, I mean, and even. Even last week's Film Friday with Carrie, it's like, it's a throwback. It's more of a thriller. It's not necessarily like gory horror or anything like that, but it's still different than Beetlejuice. Like, this is just a fun one.
1: It's just really a fun. fun. One, right. And the whole list is fun ones too. So make sure you go check that out. Definitely. Um, yeah. So we're talking about Beetlejuice. It's a 1988 classic, a Tim, Tim Burton directed film. Mm-hmm. And I really love this one. Before we dive into it, there's a few things we wanted to mention to you all because we actually. Some amazing members in our network, Straight Up Strange, are putting on a convention called SpellCon. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing. And it's happening this Saturday.
0: A convention for all things witchcraft and occult. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like, not only just like really cool vendors and stuff, but there's like like, classes and things you can take for like learning how to make your own like creepy skull and all kinds of like cool artistic things like that. But yeah, they're a really awesome show in our podcast network. Um, Definitely check them out. And if you're in the area...
1: the town then new york you
0: gotta check out Spellcon. you can pick up tickets in advance but you can also get them at the door mm. and uh space yeah, is can,
1: limited though it's it a bar is,
0: it is indeed it's a haunted bar a haunted bar mm-hmm. this is the coolest thing about it so yeah there's uh all that information and more on their website you can get to them through us straightupstrange.com, up com, and through all the socials like on facebook and anything like that so make sure you guys check out uh Check them out and check out us. Straight up strange.
1: Yeah. And while you're on the website, make sure you... Well, you don't have to be on the website, but if you're on social media at all Mm. and you happen to have carved a pumpkin already, might as well snap (laughs) a photo and enter our contest because you could win some amazing things. Yeah. Uh, We put up a poll for the best Halloween candy you can't get in the States and apparently... They don't do Kinder Surprise with the toys in them down there.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting.
1: They've gone back to, I don't know, some weird regulation they have down there. So we have plenty of that up in Canada. So I went and picked up a few limited edition Halloween Kinder Surprises Ah. to add to the the prize. So all you have to do is carve pumpkin. And if you go on Straight Up Strange or, or just Strange Pods on Instagram, you'll see the caliber of artistry we are looking for Indeed. <laughs> there is no rhyme or reason we just want you to post something and then you'll be entered into the draw
0: yeah like last year we did this for into the portal and it, it got really creative people had some really yeah. unique ones so yeah you just have to like fo- follow us at strange podcast on instagram if you don't have instagram follow us on twitter or facebook as well um tag us on there with your pumpkin and yeah you'll get entered retro comics candy stickers oh, yeah, magnets comics. bookmarks all kinds of cool stuff
1: Amazing stuff. Yeah. All
0: right. You want to jump into Beetlejuice 1988? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the cast a little bit.
1: Okay. Well, it's pretty classic, right? As soon as you turn this movie on, you're like, oh, that guy. Oh, that woman. Oh, yeah. All of you guys. A lot of my faves, man. Like, obviously, Michael Keaton is the star, even yeah. though he's in limited minutes of this movie, which we'll get into in a while. Right, yeah. But Alec Baldwin, of course, plays Adam. And then we have Gina Davis playing Barbara. And a Jeffrey Jones, who we all know as the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, of course. Yeah, plays yeah. the father, Charles. And then we have Catherine O'Hara, a classic from Home Alone. Yeah. And many others,
0: obviously. SNL, obviously, and all yeah. that well, stuff. Yeah, well,
1: obviously, yeah. But it was so funny, because as soon as I saw her face, I was like, what mom from home alone <laughs> right right <laughs> um she plays delia which is a very she's one of my favorite characters actually oh, she starts off as the most obnoxious but she's actually hilarious
0: she's so funny
1: and of course of course one of my idols winona Ryder.
0: a very very young winona Ryder Playing who, Lydia. yeah mm-hmm. who ended up uh taking the role over a laundry list of other just well-known actresses that either turned the role down or Tim Burton just straight up couldn't see them in the part. Like there was names like Sarah Jessica Parker, um, a, a, a few others that you recognized right off the bat. I don't have the list. right. Jennifer made, Connelly, but, uh, yeah. she would have been okay. She would have been fine. Um, but obviously Winona, good pick. Yeah, good pick. And I, and they did the bangs just right for this role. With like, the, <laughs> I love it. Her bangs look like they're like prison bars on like a gothic, like cathedral dungeon or something. Mm. And they're, like, all perfectly, like, spaced with these, like, points Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something like
1: that. It's very cool. I honestly... I already have my Halloween costume planned as Linda from Bob's Belchers, but Bob's I feel like Belchers. Bob's Belchers, or Bob's <laughs> Burgers, sorry.
0: <laughs> Linda Belcher.
1: Linda Belcher, India. sorry. I'm kind of out of it right now. <laughs> but no, I think next year I'm going to have to go with Lydia. That would yeah, be really cool. Yeah, that would be a
0: good one for you, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, um, I mean, brief synopsis, obviously, because we expect that you guys have all checked this movie out. You've had a hot second to check it out. 1988. <laughs>
1: if you haven't, it's been out. Yeah, since 1988. Yeah, I mean, it's what was that like one? A- we had someone comment on uh, The Carry oh, last Oh, yeah. Week. <laughs>
0: someone, someone commented to me. I can't remember where it was. I think it might have been on Twitter. And they were like, how about a heads up for some spoilers? And I just like... I didn't even know whether to like res- like I I just didn't even, I, I thought it was a joke at first. I don't think it ended up being a, j- a oh, joke. Oh, I thought it was a joke. I don't even know. It was hard to tell, right? It's hard to tell with text. But anyway, like that movie came out in nineteen seventy-six. So I just I guess we gotta
1: add that onto our description.
0: I mean we usually we, we did in the early film Fridays, True. right? So I guess people joining us who haven't been listening to our film Fridays, it's yeah. like Okay, we're we apologize if we dropped some bombs on you and there was like total spoilers in some of these most recent ones but watch Beetlejuice and like if you haven't watched this one then i mean what are you doing it is such a classic and to me it's not even nec- it's not even necessarily a halloween movie per se hmm. it does really well at halloween but this is technically one of those like year round movies for me oh yeah it almost falls into the camp of like uh, nightmare before christmas is it a halloween movie is it a christmas movie is it a year round movie because it can't be either one of those two holidays
1: or what about something like casper like sure. that's another example of like just like a haunting movie. It's totally. not set around a holiday per se or Halloween. Right. But it it is what it is. And that's what we're getting into today, because essentially what we're getting into, the synopsis, like, you know, all of y'all have seen this before. Essentially what we get here is this lovely couple, Adam or sorry, yeah, Adam and Barbara mm-hmm. and very unfortunate circumstances involving a small dog and a bridge, and they end up dying in just the prime of their life basically as soon as they get their house together, right? Like right. they've remodeled this beautiful house. It's a white house with a nice spire up on a hilltop overlooking this pastoral town. And it's just this awesome little setting.
0: Well, and they're their, it's their honeymoon. Exactly. They, they stayed home.
1: So they're just starting their lives. No, right. they're, they're not their honeymoon. It's their vacation. Or vacation
0: commute. rather, like their post. They're just, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah. they are definitely like, you know, the kind of like lovey dovey like honeymooner types, you right. know what I mean? Like yeah, they're noodling in bed and all yes. that stuff when we see them first. And they're just adorable. I I love the casting for this. Like Alec Baldwin. That was hilarious. <laughs> it's just
0: so weird seeing such a young Alec Baldwin yeah. sometimes. Right? Mm-hmm. He looks so much like his brother when he's that like when when you see him that young. Um, he does. I can't remember the name of the other Baldwin, the guy from the hockey movie. Oh man,
1: there's so many Baldwins. Uh, there's like three of them. Isn't there's
0: there? There's a few. Yeah, I, I can't even remember which one I'm thinking of. The guy, the one though that uh, has a like a cameo in, um, in uh, Half Baked, where he's like the MacGyver and he can make a bong out of anything. He's like working in the shop and he can like make it out of like literally anything. He's like, all right, give me a screwdriver, two paper clips, and like a gold. him? Yeah. That's, Are you that's, serious? Yes, that's Alec Baldwin's no brother. Way. I can't remember which one it is, but yeah.
1: That's not the one I'm thinking of.
0: Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Too many Baldwins
1: in the room. (laughs) Cover
0: How High, or not How High. Well, How High. That's another great movie, too. That's not not the one I just referenced.
1: How High. (laughs) (laughs) We got a a movie binge going last night. Scary movie. When was the last time?
0: The first one, too, like the year 2000 with the Wayne's brothers. Ridiculous. So funny.
1: Ridiculous. Anyways, we're getting away from ourselves. We are way off track. Um, Alec Baldwin.
0: (laughs) This all stemmed from Alec Baldwin. Yeah, okay.
1: But I have to say, Gina Davis did a marvelous job. She's gorgeous, and she wears that adorable dress the whole movie. I just want to be her for Halloween, actually. I just want to be her forever. I don't know.
0: She just has this, like, no, not at all. She's beautiful, and she just has this constantly, like, hilarious, perplexed look on her face throughout the entire film.
1: I love it. They're just so innocent and so cute and adorable. And anyway, so that's kind of their main downfall, essentially, because they become ghosts, and they don't even quite realize it until they have... Various things happen to them, which is one of the favorite, one of my favorite parts of the movie is when um, Adam falls, like he, he tries to leave the house. Right. And he ends up falling into this crazy abyss of sand and it looks like the Mongolian desert, but but even like on acid kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then he's like in this wasteland and then all of a sudden he's yanked back out and she's been gone for two hours you remember that right it's so weird it's like a time slip he's been in there for like 10 seconds mm-hmm. and then he comes back which is kind of cool but where was i getting with this like <laughs> i just love that scene yeah no and maybe- then they oh, oh right the, the the signs of them being dead right so there's that pretty weird mm-hmm. there's the mirror they can't see themselves they're like vampires yeah but they can still lift objects
0: that that the mere thing was yeah, yeah they're like vampires i guess it still makes sense but yeah they still had the ability to like interact with objects in the real world and it's so funny it's actually perfect we're covering this as a film friday leading into next week's or this week's rather um regular release because we're talking about poltergeists and so the question that came up a lot uh in researching for that episode is like there's weird sort of blurring of the lines between like the actual like ideas of like what is a haunting a poltergeist uh you know, it, like there are some mm-hmm. very specific distinctions if you look at the definitions, but when it comes to actual context and events, it can be a little bit murky in terms of what you're dealing with. So it's like, to, in your mind, what are Adam and Barbara? They're clearly attached to the house.
1: They're ghosts.
0: Right? They're ghosts. They can't but it's like it's the house is what's important to them like that's mm-hmm. the theme of this right it's like it's a it's like it's a classic haunting it's a deceased couple they can't they don't want to leave their home. they want to scare the new people out of their home. It would be a very typical like horror movie, but of course it's done in a very comedic way, but yeah. they're attached to the physical object that is the house
1: and they can't seem to leave right like that's the other thing it's not like even like it's it's uh voluntary by any means it's right. just something that is and
0: that's my question to you because it's like. We talked about poltergeists being like in the movie poltergeist, that lady makes the the statement that the poltergeists are attached to people, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Poltergeists are attached to people. Yeah, I know, and they're very much attached to the place. So I wouldn't really define this as a poltergeist if no. you're going to go on that phraseology. No, but
0: I just wanted to bring it up, too, because mm-hmm. when you look at multiple definitions of even the character of Beetlejuice, he's referred to as a poltergeist. He refers to himself as a ghost. I'm the ghostest with the mostest, or whatever he says, right? I'm the ghost with the most, babe, or like whatever he yeah. has to say.
1: and that's where I think... There is, yeah, there is a difference where he needs to attach himself to something physical. Like, he attaches about Lydia, but we'll get to that in a second sure, here. Sure, yeah, we're getting ahead of us. Yeah, we are. So, essentially, what we get here is, yeah, like you've already said, this couple trying to scare out the next family. And they go through various, like stages of realization and they have this book this um this guide to the recently deceased and he kind of reads a few lines from him and he talks about how they end up drawing this door and getting to this weird waiting room and it seems to be this place where people have died very brutally or suddenly not in like a natural way and for me that kind of speaks to their condition right because they didn't even realize they're dead they didn't no. realize that the accident killed them. Right. So they're very much in a state of denial, which maybe speaks to why they're attached to this place, too, to a certain extent, right?
0: That actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like some sort of a weird like mental purgatory because you just haven't really realized what's happened to you. And there's multiple other characters that like say that same thing in this like mm. waiting room or whatever. It's like the football team being like, coach, I don't think we're actually dead. And it's just like, I'm not your yeah. coach. So like,
1: and the weirdest part about all of that is when they actually end up getting through the waiting room and going to meet their agent or their, you know, their sponsor or whatever she's called. Mm. And all case she has, worker. their caseworker, yeah. And all she has to tell them is that, uh, nothing, uh, but tells them that they have to scare out the this family, she doesn't offer them any solutions. She doesn't offer them anything.
0: What a caseworker, right?
1: What a strange circumstance. So essentially, there's no way out for them, right? How are they? They're they're going to be there forever. Which is how this movie ends, right? They never end up getting away.
0: Mm, they're no. there
1: forever, right. living in harmony with this new family. But we'll get to that too. Yeah. <laughs> we always end up yeah. doing that. Yeah. But it's just strange, right? To to think that if something like that happened to you. Say this is a real hypothetical situation here. That's bizarre. There's no means. There's no social services for the dead. Like that's it.
0: Well, they printed a handbook and they just went that far. The caseworkers don't seem to work that hard. That's very um, true. You wanted you mentioned uh time slips and that sort of thing at the beginning, though. That was another moment in the movie with the time slip. There was that funny comment where they're like, How long were we mm-hmm. in that waiting room? And then their caseworkers like, I've been waiting here for thirty months. I almost left. Thirty? <laughs>
1: like, I thought she said three.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you said 30 months.
1: I think it was three months. 30 Whoa. months, that's a long time. Well, yeah. How many years is that?
0: But, well, but they're dead. They got all the time in the world.
1: No, but when they go back to the house, it's obviously been remodeled to a certain extent. So three months makes more sense oh, as opposed to 30, 30 months. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be logical about this. But anyways, yeah. So th- this is one of my favorite scenes too, right? So we're getting into the whole idea where they're trying to cope with this new situation. Mm-hmm. And these people are awful <laughs> this wow, family okay. of three <laughs> they're okay i guess but they come across very um exaggerated i guess you could say their caricatures it's the the classic father that's trying to get away from all his problems and then you got the mom that's actually the stepmom that's just trying to she just seemingly is just frivolous with all their money and and wants to have a a quote-unquote career big air quotes happening here with her yeah with her art and all this jazz and then you have the very cynical like darkened daughter that's almost reminds me of me when i was 13 to be honest
0: yeah, the way you describe <laughs> yourself. I mean, I didn't know you as a 13-year-old. I've seen photos to. and it looked similar. Yeah, mm. very dark. Mm.
1: But anyways, yeah, so they're very dysfunctional as a family unit. And they come into this house all chaotically. And then, of course, they're making all these changes. The house itself is one of the my favorite... Because obviously it starts off as a very pastoral farm-like whatever. And then you get... <laughs> Catherine O'Hara's character Delia who's just ruthless and by the end of it by the time they sit down to that dinner right when when everyone comes over for their big whatever and they're supposed to be a big happy family and blah, 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 and it's all mm-hmm. the business partners yep. and all this stuff yep. and they're like it's been completely remodeled from head to toe it's like it's incom like it's not you can't even recognize it as the same house right. and there's that paint it's like it looks like that blue reflective paint you'd put on like I don't even know, like a souped-up '80s like muscle car or something, and it's all over their house, everywhere. It was a
0: strange look. I mean, look, this is the '80s. Huh? It was, and uh, had to
1: match the sculptures, I guess. I suppose,
0: and <laughs> I one of the sculptures literally looks like one of the like the baby aliens from Alien. Oh, yeah, it totally does. It's like this monstrosity of a thing that ends up, of course, coming to life Coming to life at the end of the <laughs> Thanks film. Thanks to Beetlejuice. <laughs> uh, because it just, you knew that was coming. As soon as you saw that, like, if you mm. hadn't seen this movie, if you are watching it for the first time, like, you knew that chair was going to come back into play at some point in time. Yeah. For sure. So, but basically, let's try to get a little bit closer to where we have Beetlejuice come in. Because the hilarious oh, yes. thing is, like, you mentioned it earlier, like, he's hardly even in his own movie. Um, but basically, Adam and Barbara are having a tough time. They're not really. They're not really doing so good scaring anyone out because they have this epic scene at the dinner table. Right? Mm-hmm. They go. They talk to their caseworker. They realize, okay, we got to scare some people. We got to do it on our own. Nobody's going to help us. And they do what looked was pretty effective in my mind. Like especially with the hand coming out of the bowl at the end of the dance. Yeah. So they have this uh, iconic scene where they're all possessed, uh, or at least to some extent, their bodies. Right, and they're. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the uh, the stepmom ends up being the voice that starts singing uh, Deo, right? Daylight mm-hmm. um, like coming and we won't go home or whatever it's <laughs> like, right? Uh, which they <laughs> actually ended up playing at the funeral of, um. ooh, um, we didn't actually list the name at the beginning. He was one of the lesser characters, but the chubby guy.
1: Oh, um, yeah, yeah. They played the... it at his
0: actual funeral.
1: Really? Um, later
0: on in the – and. In kind of a, yeah, an homage to that scene. Uh, Of course, they're all dancing around the dinner table, and it's just like, it's not an ominous or like a uh, malevolent feeling or anything until the end Mm -hmm. when the shrimps in their weird, gigantic, like shrimp cocktail cups reach out of the glass, grab their faces, and pull them down into the glass. Of course, Barbara and Adam are obviously elated at their success and they go upstairs, but nothing happens, and it just ends up being the classic, like, capitalist trope of Mm -hmm. like, Even though this most, like, what should be mortifying experience just happened to you, you're already, like, 30 seconds after going to try to figure out how to make money off of it.
1: (laughs) Very classic. Yeah. I love that scene where they're up in the attic. They run up and they're like, any second now, any second, they're going to be running out of this house and booking in those cars, (laughs) screaming and yelling, and then nothing happens. And then it turns out, obviously, that um, the, the father's boss he has a wife that's really into the paranormal for so for him he's thinking "Ooh, this could be a little bit of a you know a little bit of a pay raise here something like that Mm -hmm." and of course he already has minds to buy the entire town too that's another subplot there and he's already he in his mind this is his perfect little eden type situation and he wants to make as much money off it as possible which to me is kind of it's kind of counterintuitive. It's like you're going to destroy the very thing that you love, essentially. But sure, man, go for it. But in the end, that never really happens, right? They end up finding peace. But before we get to all that, what was some of your favorite moments? Like, we're getting into kind of like the middle slash ending kind of area here.
0: Well, okay. Well, let's go through a couple of these. Like, I wanted to to mention a few of these kind of like weird like lesser known sort of curiosities about the film. Like as we okay. were there, did you want me to save that for the end?
1: No, no, go
0: for it. Okay. Cause there was definitely some strange, some strange things that I kind of like read about when we were looking at this film and like early drafts of the movie were actually much more of a horror film. Like the original, the original screenwriter made it really dark. It was going to be like, basically Beetlejuice was imagined as a winged demon uh, his human form was taken allegedly, like in one this one article, as a Middle Eastern man. The Dietzes were more about the idea of, rather than being about like mischief and marriage, it was more about like murder and like darker themes that you would normally find in like a haunted house, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so true
1: than- demonic spirit more than a poltergeist
0: more so than yeah like the way because beetlejuice okay finally i get to use the word whimsical i guess because it's literally written in here and you you have to you have to give it to me on this one beetlejuice is a whimsical movie would you agree sure (laughs) you have to give it to me here it's literally written right into this review but yeah no i don't know i just thought that was really interesting because i because i don't think it would have i don't see it well i'm looking i don't have it (laughs) You want to email it to me, but you don't believe me?
1: Well, I'm not looking at it. <laughs> hmm.
0: Amber doesn't even... I don't, I'm don't. i pretty sure she doesn't even recognize the word whimsical as a word in the English language. Let's just let's just go with that. That's no. not a word that can be applied to essentially anything.
1: How about let's do fun facts here. Everyone go back and re-listen to all our episodes <laughs> and hear just how many times I use the word whimsical because I do. And I use it all the time in, in the English language. And hmm. That's hmm. just a strange thing that you've just zeroed in on there
0: well i'm uh, i'm zeroing in on it again because it, it is definitely a whimsical movie playing off of themes that would typically be dark but here you have like you know at the very end is one of my favorites where he gets his head shrunken by the witch doctor sitting on the couch um mm-hmm. another fun fact about the movie that i wanted to throw out there sammy davis jr member of the rat pack for those of you who are fans of uh, the crooner corner mm. and things like that he was apparently tim burton's first choice to play beetlejuice which would have been kind of strange. Was there a reason why? Um, well, I don't know. Like, he he obviously wasn't a, a good actor. He played in a lot of different movies and stuff. Like, the Rat Pack had their films. He was 63 at the time, <laughs> though, when Beetlejuice was made. So Yikes. he would have been... Like, he could have done it. It would have been interesting to see the little mustachioed Sammy Davis Jr. in there as a Beetlejuice. He could have done a good job, I think.
1: He probably would have classed it up a little bit more.
0: I wonder, right? Well, I, is that really what you're looking for from the character of Beetlejuice, no. though? I mean, it would have been a different type of... Uh, underbelly of whatever I guess Mm -hmm. I don't know it would have been interesting but yeah of course they ended up uh, casting Michael Keaton Because of the upcoming uh, Batman films. They knew he was a star on the rise. He
1: definitely was. Yeah, he was a sellable actor. And he did a really good job with this role. And one of my favorite moments is when they end up digging up his body. And the coffin. And he... (laughs) That's the weird part about this. Is the idea of threes, right? Saying his name three times. You get transported to the graveyard. It wasn't as if he magically is summoned like a genie or anything like that. But I loved loved the way they put together the set for that scene oh, yeah, where they definitely. end up in the actual the model neighborhood in the graveyard and they're digging up literally like it's so funny they've got like a bunch of cardboard and a bunch of like foam and stuff from like all the different like layers of this model and, and then as they're shoveling down to his like his tomb and then they end up awakening the beast and they don't get what they're expecting which is so good he's so crude so raw <laughs> and he throws out the only f word in the whole movie yeah because they abandoned him essentially and that's kind of interesting too because not as if you just say his name three times it's also other words like didn't she say
0: home Home, home, home.
1: Home, home, home. Did she? Show, okay? So she didn't say goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. She said home, home, home. home yeah, home, okay. And it took them I knew home. there was another three words I couldn't quite. There was remember another which one thing
0: put. too. I read in one article where it was like knocking on the door, like the original entrance. Oh, three knock knocks, three times. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was a few repetitions of the yeah three, which is, I mean, the hold. Holy
1: Trinity. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: exactly what it is but no obviously it's you can find that symbology in a lot of different things Mm -hmm. I think it was just sort of an easy thing it's like it's it just works for the movie, right? Like you'd find it something very similar in a later uh, '90s release film, *Candyman*, where you have to say it five times instead of yeah. three times, right?
1: It also definitely reminded me of Rumplestiltskin, that old like fairy tale yes. where you have to say his name.
0: You mentioned that to me while we were sitting on the couch, and I was just like, the Damn, character, like,
1: yeah. the character of Beetlejuice parallels Rumplestiltskin in so many ways, as far as his like jester, like animated, sort of exaggerated presence. But once and, again, he's and the, crudeness, right? But he's the
0: playful, appealing, and amusing version of. Rumpelstiltskin.
1: kind of right because he's a little more but in the end he does want to rob the cradle he wants a child bride what does that say hmm
0: he's a ghost
1: that's the weird part about him too is that he needs to be married in order to gain access and cause chaos in the mortal world as if he's been banned you know what I mean but
0: that's not entirely true because he was causing chaos with the family that's the mortal world and because they invited him
1: they invited him though right Mm mm-hmm yeah. It wasn't that he's just free to do whatever he wants, which is his ultimate end game, obviously, because he, in the very beginning, right, with the newspaper scene, you, you don't see him, but you see someone sitting in a chair reading this very paranormal looking newspaper right, yeah. about the, what is it, the sandworms, attacks on the rise, 13% increase this year alone.
0: Death and worms, then he flips over
1: to the obituaries and picks out those two, and they're like, like oh, they look, they look young and stupid or something like that. Right. Very easy to manipulate and get what he wants.
0: Yeah, and they has that commercial end-up scene, right? Like cow- mm. the cowboy ad.
1: Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> Just classic cheesy. Like, I love Tim Burton's style with all of it. Like, he really inserts that, you know, that classic Burton-esque cinematic extra. You know what I mean?
0: Well, and I think, like, that's the reason why the movie ended up the way it did not as dark as the original screenplay mm-hmm. wanted it to be. Because yeah. Tim Burton's mind doesn't go that far, like into the darkness, like all the time. Like he's much more
1: He's much more refrained Refrained. Yeah. Well, he
0: wants to he wants to play on those themes, but like show them in a different way. Right? Like it's it's taking Wait. it's taking something that would typically be dark and changing it so it's a little bit more playful. It's it's something that his kids could watch or something. You know what I exactly. mean? Like,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Dare I say, it might be a little bit whimsical. Um
1: I really, another (laughs) one of his ones, I really wanted to say, um, I would love to cover Frank and Weenie on the show too. Oh God,
0: yeah. We have
1: another one in store for next week though. So I don't know, we'll have to save for next year maybe. I
0: love that one though. Yeah, no, that would be a super fun movie to do, Frank and Weenie. There's a bunch of Tim Burton's ones. Um, Just to clear things up too, with the earlier statement you made, just like Beetlejuice hardly appears in his own movie, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. Like you hardly ever see him. He's the star. It's only 17 and a half minutes of the entire 92-minute film actually have Michael Keaton.
1: Really? That's Just weird, man. Crazy. That's so strange. The
0: movie is called Beetlejuice. He's on the cover. He's probably got the biggest paycheck out of anyone on that cast. He only I had wonder. 17 and a half minutes <laughs> hmm. in
1: the film. But he's only worth, what, like 15 million now?
0: Yeah, but you can't trust anything on you know, Read Online. So we were Googling it. We were like, what is Michael Keaton worth these days? He, he's he got yeah. it worth more than 15 million. Come
1: I wonder. On. I don't know.
0: Like after that, unless he's just could have been a lot of blow. I mean, it could be a real Nick Cage situation. That guy's probably worth like eight bucks and two Dairy Queen coupons (laughs) right now. Shooting movies in Uh, fricking back alleys of nowhere. He's
1: trading Canadian Tire money. Oh
0: god, he'd be lucky to have Canadian Tire money on him. I don't even know what that guy's paying his bills with.
1: Oh, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know and I don't care.
0: Um,
1: I I thought it was really fun. You pulled up some interesting things on the actual word itself, Beetlejuice. Like, what the heck is that?
0: Yeah, kind of weird. I Like, because I saw the different spelling on the sign when they first kind of like, they haul them up from the grave, right? And there's that sign pointing down where it's like, yeah. here lies Beetlejuice. And then... um yeah, it's like this classic like Vegas like neon sign but it's spelled Beetle Goose like Be- like G E U S E, right?
1: Beetle Goose. Mm.
0: Uh which I googled it, and of course it's a star, which is kind of funny. I was like, "Oh, well, is this just coincidence that they picked that or is this just like a weird I don't even know, like a weird actual last name?" But no, it's the ninth hmm. brightest star and then in the sky, uh second brightest in the constellation of Orion, it's nearing the end of its life. Um at least from an article from 2017. I don't think it's supernova yet. But apparently this is uh the source of the name Beetlejuice. Even though the spelling of it is uh Beetle and then Juice, like literally mm-hmm. J-U-I-C.
1: They went for the phonetic
0: spelling. They went for the phonetic spelling to make it easier for audience.
1: And just creepier too. Beetlejuice? That's weird, man. It
0: is weird, but it I mean you could you could pronounce like, like you could pronounce it that you way. You wouldn't Beetle say it juice. like that, though.
1: You don't have awesome.
0: <laughs> well, but they do in the movie, obviously, right? There it is on the sign written that way, and they call them Beetlejuice. So,
1: so, it's kind Beetle of juice. a weird thing. Let's go juice some
0: beetles. Mm, mm. Yeah? You want to get some fresh p- protein in your diet
1: there? Put them in the blender or the juicer. I don't even know what to do with you right now.
0: I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Okay. I did have a few other questions that, uh, yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't really know quite what to make of it. Like comes back around to the original questions I was asking you a minute ago. What is this place where they actually are in this office, like meeting their caseworker? Like, is it like a purgatory or is this just like the waiting room of not hell, but just the afterlife, which is like not what anyone's thought it's going to be, and everyone goes there. Here's a football team. Here's this guy over here. Here's a witch doctor from Central Africa who clearly doesn't have the same beliefs or epistemology as Barbara and Adam who are sitting there. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, for me, I kind of thought of it as a very literal interpretation of a purgatory situation, but a very specific purgatory for people such as Adam and Barbara, right? People that have died very suddenly that don't even really, you know what I mean? Like, they need a caseworker. They need someone that's going to kind of show them the way because when they end up being led through that weird hallway where there's a bunch of stuff and there's that one room of like what was it called like the undead souls or something like that and yeah. he's just like you don't want to be there that's like that's death for the undead or, so, or death for the dead or something i can't remember right. what exactly yeah i think that's what and says. they continue on their way and then they end up in this place that's very much their house but very much different because it's been totally redecorated and then they get this very interesting lady coming in and basically, you know, telling them, I don't know, like, this is it. This well, is the, it. That's it. So her. that's essentially what this is. It's like, there's no other spaces for them. Evidently, right. there's right. no other, there's no other means. There's no other resources. Like, where do you, what? That makes no sense to me, really. That's a big plot unhinger. You know what I mean?
0: And that I know, and that's just what I don't understand because it's like yeah. if, you're, if you're tied to the house, what are you? Yeah. Or, if, or are you tied to the fact that you, you need are to remove to the these people from your house too? Yeah, it's like, to, it's to, like if you accomplish some your, solace
1: or yeah, something. Yeah, like if
0: you accomplish that mission, like would you have freedom from it? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. is it the house or is it the goal, like the task at hand? Because they didn't die in the house. Like, yeah, that's the weird know. thing, too, right? Like, when you have hauntings, it's like typically someone's murdered in the basement or they were chained up in the basement or whatever. It's usually they in the basement. They didn't die at the house. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So it's, like, kind of kind of just, curious. It was just
1: the place they had the emotion, most emotional attachment this to. This is
0: another weird reverse Hollywood thing where it's yeah. not matching up. It was the same with Poltergeist where it's, like, bit, we're yeah. talking about Poltergeist and hauntings. She makes the comment about poltergeist being attached to people. Hauntings are attached to place. The house had nothing to do with either of those things. It was built over top of a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Those people didn't die there. They died elsewhere in various different means of death, some violent, some not, whatever, and then moved there. So it's not the place. It was just yeah. this amalgamation of all kinds if, of craziness. <laughs> it's not like they it's were like, the
1: construction workers that were murdered right, by the developer ex- that was building the thing. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely one of those things. And it is funny, too, because I think it's just a convenient plot twist right we not twist but a plot turner right where it leads them in the direction of Betelgeuse because she offers them nothing and so what else are they going to do they're hopeless yeah. at this they can't haunt this place they're right. not worth a cent as far as a haunting goes so it's, it's just it's just a way, a convenient way to get the plot moving, which is kind of for us not very satisfying. But when but it, you look at the movie well, as a whole though, it's just so quaint and so beautiful. For, like it's not some, it's simple. We're over analyzing at this point. I'm
0: not bit. even analysing the film. I'm just analyzing the idea. Like I'm yeah. analyzing yeah, like the just, just the thought of like what ties a spirit or an entity or whatever to certain things? Like what what mm. makes sense of this? Because there's points in this movie with Beetlejuice where I'm like, was this a guy? Is this literally like an, the elemental like manifested mm. as Beetlejuice? No, no,
1: no. The the caseworker explains that. Yeah,
0: I know, but it's like he, he seems more supernatural than the other ghosts in the movie, right?
1: He's a little more rotten too.
0: Yeah. And Scott's why is he weird? Why is he in the ground?
1: Why is he haunted <laughs> anyway? Why is he that way? It's because he's been outcast. He's been banished to a certain degree. Right. Yeah.
0: He's like a I genie ghost. You have to say it three times or rub the jar. And I have a question. Go. Yes.
1: What happens after the new family's dead or they move away? Like, what happens to these guys after? Like, they're there forever? Like, that's kind of weird, right? Like, that's not going to stay a thing.
0: What happens when the house leaves? Burns down. Well, that's, down. yeah,
1: exactly. That's what I mean. What if, yeah, exactly. One day the house is no more. Right. Then what? Hmm. So they've really gone to no effort to solve their problem they're just coping and living in the moment for then and forever
0: well what happens to all spirits if all of a sudden just an asteroid hits earth and we're no more earth bound
1: where where are
0: you going well you're already dead
1: they're in space
0: Space ghosts. Space ghosts. Yeah. That's probably a Kryptonaut episode. Yeah. Sounds I think like so. it would be one.
1: It does sound like one. <laughs> I don't one.
0: <laughs> know. Shout out to those boys. Um, yeah, another weird one, too, was the, uh, the handbook for the recently deceased that you mentioned. And I just, like, thought that was so funny because it's just, like, this lesser, more playful version of, like, the Book of the Dead, in a way. Right? It's not the Book mm-hmm. of the Dead for, like, necromancy or things like that. It's the book for the dead. Right? Like, not mm-hmm. about them, but... For them. funny play of words yeah, yeah it's like i just yeah I and it's so cute because
1: it's like a pastoral scene of like a uh, there's like a park bench and a couple holding hands looking into a brightly lit sun kind of thing yeah. it's just like hmm, okay it looks very nice until you actually look at it and read it. and it's like a scientific manual or like right. an instructions manual essentially yeah. but very technical
0: to me, when I first saw the title of it, I was like, okay, they, they could either only see it or use it or whatever. And it would have made more sense as a ghost for it to be like blank pages for anyone else who picks it up. Or if it's just a spectral book, that would make even more sense. But they end up using it in the movie, like the human, the people living, yeah. the living. And
1: causing uh, harm that they don't even really need to, I Which makes me feel like
0: it it is the Book of the Dead, in a way. It's like you're reading passages from it and controlling the afterlife. There's
1: incantations to be had.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like... That's kind of interesting, too, because can spirits also read those incantations? Clearly they can. It was a handbook for the dead. So that's a curious thought, too. Beetlejuice is really getting my juices flowing. Pun mm, intended. I hope. I don't
1: know what kind of juice you're talking about over there, but uh, Uh, Oh
0: yeah. Well
1: He's got some pretty clammy feet sometimes. (laughs) 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 Could be those, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
0: starting to clamory. Yeah,
1: here we go.
0: (laughs) You are Linda. You just told me that you don't think you could pull off Linda for Halloween. That's literally the same (laughs) as going a Baba Diarrhea. Linda. That's literally what just happened. Uh, Yep. You just said that to thousands of people. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we're kind of coming down to the end here. Obviously, you guys can probably tell that we enjoyed this film. It's classic. So definitely suggest watching it if you haven't. I could, I I would be slapping you right now if you're in the podcast. Dan.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we decided to go with this one. It was kind of last minute, but it's such a, it's just like I said already. It's a classic film, and, yeah. and there were some other suggestions we had in, and they're a little bit more modern. And we definitely want to cover them on the show because they fit the themes. But they weren't exactly super Halloweeny or like we, like we just want to do more of the familiar favorites, and just cover some really good home style gems you know what i mean you
0: picked not. this was a perfect movie to cover because it tied into like either end of this linear timeline we're on it's a part of the blog release that we just had up on straight up strange so you guys should check it out and also moving into our poltergeist episode so it just yep. works out so perfectly
1: it's a little it's it's the middle of the book it's the meat of the book yeah the burger and we're slapping two buns on either side of it so <laughs> let's just hang tight for that can you just tell that me and as are gonna be bob and linda for halloween yeah i'm trying to get into character here you're doing (laughs) a good
0: job so far You're really doing a good job. Oh. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this Film Friday. And uh, we want to know what you have to say. So <laughs> hit us up wherever you uh, feel like it. You can always send us an email into the portal mailbox at gmail.com. We love your Film Friday suggestions or just episode suggestions or anything you guys have to say about the show. We love getting emails from you. Also on our social media, at Into the Portal Podcast on Instagram. Follow us on there uh, as a part of the contest. Also at Strange Podcasts on, Insta- on Twitter, rather, and at Strange Pods on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we're on Twitter and Facebook, into, into the Portal podcast. So just hit us up, you guys. Just and do it. And as always, smash that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Subscribe to the show. Tell other people about the show. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us that five-star rating and review if you feel like uh, type out some words on there. We yes, really please.
1: appreciate it. Yes, so always So as do.
0: always, we will be back very soon on Into the Portal.
1: Your gateway to the bizarre.